You're listening to the IBSI Views podcast. This is Gaia Lamperti, and today we are joined by Marina Goce, CEO of Centify, a fintech company and the provider of alternative data. Hi, Marina. How are you? Hi, Gaia. I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Today you are calling from Sydney, right? That's correct. Wow. That's probably one of the farthest calls I've ever had in this podcast. So today we're going to talk about the impact of alternative data in the investment risks landscape. But before that, why don't you tell us what Centify is and what's the company's alternative data collection process? Sure, Gaia. Thank you. Um, so Centify listens to over 500 million tweets a day. We listen to over 2 million news forums and blogs a day. And when we're listening to that large pool of unstructured data, what our AI engine is deriving from that data set are really investment signals. And these investment signals could reflect asset outliers as market momentum is changing, um, signaling new investment opportunities for our clients. They could be detecting risk, um, either a changing perception of risk towards certain assets um, or indeed for countries and regions, particularly now, um, as you know, as the geopolitical risk has heightened across many, many countries around the world. The impetus for our clients and the need for our clients is really to understand, you know, the investment risk profile for assets within their particular portfolio and naturally the impact on returns as a result of, um, of that risk. So what Centify effectively does is mine that large pool of data for indicators of market momentum changes, indicators of risk signals that, that our clients can then leverage to make better and more informed um, investment decisions. So in terms of your other element of the question, how do we um, ingest the data? How do we process it? So when we're listening to, you know, that large volume of data, which, by the way, has been growing exponentially year on year. So, for example, two years ago, um, the volume of or tweets in Twitter was 250 million tweets per day. And today that volume has increased to 500 million tweets per day. Equally, two years ago, digital forums um, where retail investors is a congregating like Reddit, for example, were less popular in terms of messages that um, and volume of messages that were posted across these channels. So what we do um, and how we ingest is we listen to the broader set of digital channels. From those messages, we look for um, who's reporting this particular event for a particular asset. Is it a credible source for that particular asset? In other words, have they reported um, events previously for, for this particular asset? Who are their followers? And there are multiple variables that go into detecting um, what we call the credibility of the source. And this is important because, as you know, across digital channels, you can have fake news, you can have bots. And in order to provide credible, reliable investment signals for our clients, our ingestion process um, really looks at credibility and also whether it's a bot, for example, and ensures that we account or we discount those sources, um, sources that are not credible. We also look at 
um, what is being referenced in the event. So what types of events, what types of entities, um, you know, is it a country, is it a currency, is it an equity that's being referenced in the message? And then we look at the sentiment around the events that have been reported for those entities. So what this enables us to really do is, um, is look historically in our database and see how um, market sentiment has shifted for that particular event reported for that company over a period of time. For our clients then, what this gives them is a really good frame of reference to know whether the reaction to this product recall for, for this particular company today, for example, is significant. Is it more significant than previous reactions to product recalls for this particular company? And therefore, is it an important event that they need to take note of? Is it likely to impact the asset price and therefore the valuation of that particular asset. So that's essentially some of the key elements of our ingestion process. Broadly, the entire sort of AI engine that's been developed over nine years has been purpose-built to mine for investment signals in that very large pool of unstructured data and provide credible, reliable insights back to our clients. Amazing. Thank you, Marina. It's so great to hear this because clearly all this data, it's what makes our everyday lives, right? Social media, the news, and this is where especially new investors, young investors who just entered the space, they look to find information and reliable sources. And Centify role, from what I'm understanding, is exactly to sort of filter and add that extra context to this stream of data. Data that comes through these channels. Absolutely, Gaia. And you know, the other element is that today investment bubbles can build and dissipate in minutes. And particularly, you know, a lot of the mean stock rallies in 2021 highlighted this very clearly. Um, GameStop, for example, where, um, you know, Centify detected momentum changes up to three weeks before prices moved by 351%. Now, institutional investors who missed that momentum change, you know, lost 20 billion last year. And so the need to monitor digital channels is more relevant today than it has ever been. Um, you know, traditional data sets offer one view and one lens on the investment decision-making process. But if you are, as an investor, whether you're an institutional investor or a retail investor, not keeping up with um, investment bubbles as they're emerging across digital channels, you could very quickly find um, yourself on the opposite end of that, um, of, that, of that change. Fundamentally, you know, our data sets are a barometer from, of market momentum as it's shifting. Um, and that momentum can highlight asset outliers, which may signal alpha opportunities, asset outliers, which may also indeed highlight risk that um, risk and exposure within a particular portfolio to, to these events and also ESG related risks. Absolutely. And as you were mentioning, what has been the role of the data Centify analyzed in identifying risk during the pandemic? And how did you maybe help your client base through that data and through the analysis done? 
Yeah, no, that's a great question, Gaia. So the pandemic was definitely a period of great uncertainty, particularly in March 2020, when coronavirus was declared a global pandemic. At that time, one of the key drivers for our clients was to understand how their peers were shifting their allocation, which regions, which sectors, which industries were they shifting their asset allocation to. And we were able to inform that in a number of ways. You know, we track over 150,000 funds and how those funds are shifting their allocation. So our clients were able to see how professional investors and their peers were viewing the pandemic, you know, and which sectors and industries and regions they were really shifting their exposure to. We were also able to highlight new and emerging opportunities as it was unfolding. So for example, vaccine development, you know, we were tracking Um, the discussions around which companies were at the forefront of vaccine development, where were they in that process? In terms of material sourcing for vaccines, what what are the discussions in Twitter news forums and blogs highlighting, um, you know, which companies were likely to, um, you know, to produce a vaccine first? And these types of insights also helped inform our clients around the general sentiment for the healthcare sector, but also for other sectors. For example, sectors that have been impacted um, by supply chain issues as a result of the pandemic. We were able to inform sort of what, how does the market perceive that particular impact? And they can then, you know, for many of our clients, they could, particularly those that take a top-down view, assess the impact of coronavirus on countries, on regions, on sectors, on industries in order to make informed decisions. That sounds great. And if I understand correctly, these alternative data sets also informed the macro trends across asset classes as well. So clearly different industries, different geographies, but also how different asset classes were behaving throughout mm-hmm. the pandemic and in the post-pandemic we are still living up to now. Um, so maybe you could offer us a few examples of how the data sets you've collected and analyzed have informed different micro-trends across different asset classes? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think one of the key trends that we have seen grow in prominence is clearly the appetite for digital assets. Um, And these are cryptocurrencies, NFTs, and what we have, you know, seen consistently over the last year is that Centify's risk score, which effectively is a measure of the perception of risk associated with an asset across social media, news forums and blogs, um, Centify's risk score when it peaks is is indicative or coincides very well in, uh, in the case of Bitcoin, for example, with price peaks in Bitcoin. And so for investors who have a digital asset focus, our alternative data sets um, help inform pricing peaks in a way perhaps that traditional data sets do not. Um, So that's one example. Another example of where our data sets help highlight or helps investors better assess risk is around ESG performance. 
So here, for example, we are capturing ESG event reports as it's happening across the digital channels that we are monitoring. In the case of Nestle, for example, you know, there was a double A ESG rating issued for the company over 12 months ago, but subsequent to, to that ESG rating being issued, we detected uh, child labor lawsuits that have been reported for Nestle, as well as other societal events that impacted in our ESG score, the ESG performance of, of Nestle. Um, so for our clients, we're able to, in addition to asset classes, help them assess ESG performance in a more meaningful way because we're looking at the dynamic change in ESG performance. Equally for equities, Centify detects um, outliers. So I mentioned GameStop. We detected you know, the same momentum surges for silver, for other commodities before price movements. Um, and, the, and equally for, for Dogecoin in, um, in 2021, we detected momentum changes before price movements there. Just to highlight some of the back testing that's been done with, with Centify's data sets, we looked at the sentiment scores and attention buzz for the constituents of the S&P 500. And we rebalanced a portfolio based on really constructing that portfolio with only outliers, extreme positive outliers. Um, And so these were really stocks that had extreme positive sentiment in combination with very unusual levels of chatter. Um, And what we noticed was that um, relative to the benchmark, this particular portfolio outperformed benchmark. And we consistently see that time and time again with the data sets or analytics that Centify derives, whether that's a risk score, whether it's an ESG score, whether it's a sentiment score based on the vast pool of data that we're listening to, when those scores are applied um, to select constituents for a particular portfolio, we have consistently been able to demonstrate it that it beats the benchmark and generates returns that exceed the benchmark. So, you know, universities that like Oxford University that has done a study on, on our analytics as well as third parties have also established, you know, the value of alternative data to, um, to generate above benchmark returns. Sure. And Marina, you just mentioned a couple of trends which have been expanding and evolving very quickly, and especially on digital platforms. So I was wondering, do you believe the future of alternative data withholds more opportunities, right? Because maybe relying on traditional data only doesn't pick up, or at least doesn't pick up as quickly, the new trends we have seen growing at a super fast pace. Yes, I think, you know, particularly for new asset classes like digital assets, um, traditional data doesn't quite provide a barometer of momentum change, which particularly for NFTs, for example, right? Very, very popular asset class and growing in popularity. Um, The sentiment around those assets drives the valuation of that asset, which means that investors who would like to make informed investment decisions around 
um, this new and emerging asset class need to be monitoring for insights in digital channels for various NFTs. Equally, you know, even even in traditional asset classes like equities and um, commodities and currencies, we increasingly see unusual levels of chatter for various companies, for example. And the minute that there is unusual levels of chatter for our clients, it's an early warning mechanism that they need to take account. And without that insight, they would be relying on economic, traditional sort of fundamental data sets that can have embedded time lags. And in a world where time lags are almost unforgivable today, (laughs) the need to make quick and informed and timely decisions are ever more important. You know, alternative data sort of completes the picture. Um, It's certainly not the only data set that should be relied on, but it completes the picture um, to make more informed investment decisions. Well, thank you very much, Marina. It was very insightful and it was a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks so much, Guy. Much appreciated.